You are listening to Scale Your Joy with Kanisha Grayson, episode 18, our first ever entrepreneurial intervention. Welcome to Scale Your Joy, the only podcast that teaches high achievers with heart how to craft a life and build a business focused on freedom, joy, self-expression, and social impact. I'm your host, Kanisha Grayson, a Harvard Business School and Harvard Kennedy School grad, author, essayist, and self-made entrepreneur. I did it and you can do it too. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the episode. I am very excited today because I have a new episode format for you. And if we get great feedback on it, we will do lots more like this. And the format, as mentioned in the intro to the episode, is an entrepreneurial intervention. So what this is, is uh, an entrepreneur who is out in the world in any country, any age, has some sort of usually online business, like a lifestyle business. Usually they're a coach or a consultant. Um, Usually in the information teaching coaching space, uh, they're somebody who I happen to meet or is in my world for some reason, and I give them a free one-on-one coaching session. These coaching sessions are not super deep. Uh, They are not meant to be uh, necessarily life-changing, and they are not sessions that I prepare for. They really are an intervention, meaning that uh, we come together, I ask them some questions to get to know them and their business a little bit more. They have prepared questions for me. Um, They've also maybe will share their screen, show me what's going on. And we problem solve live uh, together on a Zoom call. They share their screen so that I can maybe, oh, show me your website, show me your prices, those kind of things. Um, but they leave the session with a list of action items that they should do in order to move forward based on the advice and guidance they got from me during the entrepreneurial intervention. I do these just for fun because I love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love mentorship. Right now, I don't really have the bandwidth to have calls with everybody who reaches out to me, but sometimes uh, the people who do reach out to me, they are the right fit to be like, you know what, let's get together for you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and do a deep dive into your business very quickly and get you some actions that you can take to make things that are going well go even better and to turn things around that are not going well. So the first ever entrepreneurial intervention is between myself and entrepreneur Asia Small. Her business is called The Purpose of Prep. It is a college admissions and SAT and ACT prep company. And it's uh, very similar to my company, The Art of Applying. And I'm really excited that this is the first entrepreneurial intervention since it is so similar uh, to my own business. And I think that you're going to really enjoy watching Asia and I interact. One thing you will notice is that at the beginning of the call, I'm not even ready for it to be recorded. So this is not even something that we planned on making a podcast episode, but I had already thought, you know, I would really like to be coaching people and doing entrepreneurial interventions. And then Asia was recording our call. And I, you know, by the end of the call, I'm like, you know what, can I please use this as a podcast episode? Because I think people would really enjoy seeing 
uh, us interact and see how her entrepreneurial intervention went. So please enjoy my first ever entrepreneurial intervention for the Scale Your Joy podcast, Scale Your Joy audience. I hope that you take some notes and gain some insights that can help you in your existing business or as you think about what kind of business you may want to start. Enjoy. Hi, Asia. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Nice to meet you. So nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for taking your call. I know you are a busy woman. <laughs> and um, I'm honestly really honored. Kind of fangirling, I'll try to be. Awesome. Yeah, no, nice to connect with you. So how can I help? So uh, I kind of like, Carolyn told me about you and what you do, like with uh, students and like the graduate programs. And I thought it'd be really cool to talk to you and um, kind of like ask a couple of questions, if that's okay, like about like how you got where you got, what you did, because um, you run like a huge team. Like I was, I was looking at your website and stuff and um, you got so much success and I was just really inspired because you're a black woman and I'm one too. And um, it was just really inspiring for me to see you work in this educational space and be successful because I, for me, it took me a long while to realize like, this is what my passion is. Um, I majored in econ and I thought I was going to work in corporate forever. And I realized it's not what I wanted at all. And I knew the one consistent thing that I've always done from high school to now is tutor. I've been tutoring since I was in high school. I tutored throughout college. And even when I was working at Verizon, I tutored after work. I'd work really early. So I get off at three o'clock. So I'm mm -hmm. available for my students. And I've always been interested in education. So, but I've always felt discouraged because like, I don't see a lot of like now, at least from what I've seen, like business owners that are like successful in this space, like in terms mm -hmm. of like, well, I, I guess success can be a lot of things, but I mean like, high oh, yeah, but yeah, your, your definition understood. Okay. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Hit me with so, the questions. I'll have questions for you. So I guess one question I have for you is what is your age? How much is your business making now? How much of that money goes to you? What's your ultimate kind of, I mean, and I can repeat these first, just what's your age? Well, I'm 23. I turned oh, no, it's you're very young. Okay. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I turned 24 now. in November. So what, Oh, what's your birthday? Uh, it's November 25th. Nice. I'm November 4th. The fall. Oh, sweet. Oh, awesome. baby. Wow. You're very young. Awesome. And then, yeah. Well, how much is your business making now? Revenue. So last year, the business made about $10,000 total the whole year. Okay, understood. And then like how much of that 10K do you get to keep? So the way I have it set right now is I have my owner's comp like um, set to 20%. Okay, so, of the revenue. And then where does the rest of that money go? So I have 55% going to OPEX. That's like all my operating expenses, like my Thinkific course, mm -hmm. Zoom, all that stuff that I use to keep the business running. I put 5% in a profit account just for like, that's like a backup overall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Account. Well, if it, it's one or the other, so that's the one adjustment I'm going to make. First oh. piece of advice is mm -hmm. it's either working capital, which uh -huh. is money that you can depend on when you need it, or it's profit. It can't be both. It can't so, be both. you know, working capital is the money that we keep in a bank account to be like, we need money to run the business. Right. Or it's profit that is for Asia. If you mix it up, businesses are voracious. It will eat mm -hmm. the profit if you have it in your mind that it is usable. And you know what? So what and that's 
I've done that before. I've pulled out of that profit account for operating expenses. Before. Absolutely. So you want to go ahead and, you know, if you want to take it to the, the whole full level, you can read the book Profit First. That's the book where I got the percentages from. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, got it. But I guess I'm using, maybe I do need to reread that section because I must be thinking about the profit section wrong, the profit account wrong. Well, it's just what you, that one thing you said, when you said it's a backup, it's like, no, it's either for the business or it's for you. For the business or for me, right. I think I've always been confused with that word, like profit, because I always hear the word owner's comp and I'm like, all right, that's money that you pay yourself for. That really, what is profit for? Is it like? So yeah. profit, think of it as the bonus you get for running the business well. Mm. So at the Art of Applying in 2020, we had $581,000 in revenue, top line money. Mm-hmm. I paid myself something around $100,000 as a salary. Right. You can think of that as my job money. But the profit, since I'm the sole owner of the business like you, is money that, well, that I'm taxed on. And I can decide with that profit, how much of that profit I want to keep in the business and how much I want to take out as an owner's distribution. Now, my payment is more complex because my business is bigger right now. Are you a sole proprietorship or an LLC or what? I have it set up as an LLC, but I think tax wise, it's like, it's still considered like a sole. Understood. Yeah. So a single member LLC and you're a sole proprietorship. So I don't think you at this point need to even differentiate like, oh, my salary versus my, well, how much is your business consistently bringing in a month in revenue? Um, During the school year, summer's always. Yeah, it's very seasonal. (laughs) Uh, But during the school year, like from August, like all the way working till May, it brings in about $1,700 a month. Okay. So then what if you just say, you know, make sure you look at the percentages for that size business. At that size business, it's usually, usually I'm thinking like half the revenue should be going to you. But let's mm-hmm. just go ahead and, because uh, I don't remember the percentages from the book, because the, the percentages should change based on the size of your business. Right. You're correct. Yeah. Um, so let's just say it's 50%, right? So mm-hmm. we're saying $1,700 a month. or we can make it clean and just say $800 a month is for you. Now there's going to be some months where you make $2,000. There's going to be some months where you make $400. This is not the profit first way, but one thing you could do is just pay yourself a consistent $800 a month. uh, Since you already have some money in the business's savings account, Mm -hmm. it means that you're paying yourself less than you could be some months more than it feels like maybe one month you've only brought in 500. Right. But you still pay yourself 800 out of that savings account just to get into the habit of consistently paying yourself. So -hmm. that's one thing that's not the profit first way, but that's one thing to consider is choose a number that you can commit to a a modest number to consistently pay yourself. Okay. Um, Now going back to the profit thing in my business, uh, we had, let's call it $140,000 in profit. Now, technically I'm taxed on all of that, but I'm not going to take all of that and go shopping or whatever or invest it because the business needs money. So this isn't exactly what happened, but let's, for example, say half of that 140, I put back in the, I keep, not put back, just keep in the business account. And the other half I take out as an owner's draw. That doesn't change the way it's taxed, anything like that. It's just now it's not in the business's bank account. It's in the Kenesha Grayson personal bank account. 
So think of the, as the business grows, eventually you'll actually be a W-2 employee of your business. Eventually, Mm -hmm. I'd say around $80,000 in annual revenue, it's time to switch over to um, looking into, should you be taxed as an S corp? Yeah. I remember my, uh, like, I'm glad you said that because I remember my accountant mentioning something like that. Cause I was asking her about like, should I be taxed as like an S corp? She's like, don't worry about that yet. Not yet. Not yet. Sounds like you have a good accountant. It triggers a lot of paperwork. Um, so you don't want to worry about that yet, but my, what I was advised was around 80 K of revenue. That's the time to start thinking about it. But I think you can even start asking your accountant about it, even at 40 K of revenue and up. So all that is to say is you want to get into some sort of consistent money habit where the business is always giving some amount of money to Asia that never flows back into the business because we've got to practice letting the business sustain itself a little bit better because there are people, you know, I have friends, Asia, mm-hmm. whose businesses make $500,000 and don't even pay them, you know, a hundred, mm-hmm. $120,000 out of 500 K of revenue. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's going to their team members. It's going to operations. It's going to administration. It's going to Facebook ads, whatever coaches, right? right. I, it's not that I'm against investing in coaches, but you got to pay pay yourself first. So it's not about starving your business of money, but you do need to get into a habit. Even if it's a modest, you could even make it Asia $350 a month. Mm -hmm. Absolutely goes out of the business to Asia once a month as an owner's distribution and you leave the rest in the business. And then let's say you have a great client success you land on the local news, whatever. And you're like, you know what? I deserve a thousand dollar bonus. And then maybe you pull that out, but uh, get into a habit of paying yourself a little bit. As far as how I started the business, I'm trying to think if I already have this on some sort of recording. Uh, Rachel Rogers, I was on her podcast. I grew up in a low income, high crime neighborhood in Austin, Texas. And my parents grew up as migrant farm workers. So they're, they're from the U.S., but they traveled all over picking fruit their whole yeah. childhood, adult, uh, young adulthood. They got scholarships to go to uh, college here in Austin, Texas. And they met, had me, had my sister, Tamika. And um, even though my parents were college educated this, and they moved into a, a middle class neighborhood, white flight happened, the bottom of the tax fell out, and it very quickly became the hood, the barrio. And I'm glad that's where I grew up. It's shaped who I am. But for me, school was my haven. Um, My teachers loved me. I was really good at school. And um, when I was in sixth grade, a school came to my middle school to talk to the kids in the honors classes about going to the to the magnet program. And so I had to apply to get into the magnet program. And then I helped my best friend, JJ, apply to the magnet program. Then when I was at the magnet program, they'd pull me out of class to then go recruit other kids to the school. So then when it was time to go to high school, once again, I had applied to, so these are free public schools, but they're rigorous programs. And then, so it's just like, I've been doing this kind of like helping people get into school literally since 1996, you know, when my first client of my whole life was myself and then my best friend, JJ. So then when it was time to apply to college, help JJ and my friends apply to college. Um, And then at college, I would go around recruiting kids to, I went to Pomona College, a small liberal arts college in California, studied uh, black studies. 
And then when I was in college, I started helping older students apply to grad school. I didn't even really understand what they were going to go study, but I just knew the mechanics of a strong application. And my good friend Kevin got into Harvard Kennedy School with a two full scholarships, an external one and one from the school. And clearly, you know, you can only use one. You can't, you know, double Mm -hmm. with college. Sometimes you can actually make money from scholarships, but with grad school, that's less so. And um, I was like, whoa, I'm good at this. So let me let me get myself into Harvard. So I applied and was accepted to Harvard Business School and Harvard Kennedy School to get my business and policy degree. The policy degree was more of the obvious natural fit because I had done so many educational nonprofit type internships. But when I got there, culturally, the business school was a much better fit for me because I just had this hunger for learning business, making money. Uh, I liked the rough and tumble classroom atmosphere, the uh, gladiator like classroom atmosphere of, you know, you've got to jump in there and make your point heard and connect it to someone else's point and get seen. And I realized, you know, I thought, oh, I I thought going in, I want to do social enterprise. So things like um, sustainable nonprofits or enacting global social change through organizations that do good while sustaining themselves. And of course, I still support those missions, but I realized that I'm really an entrepreneur at heart and social enterprise was my introduction to entrepreneurship. But really when black women start businesses, our businesses are, you know, most often, if not always connected to a positive social impact. And so as a Black woman, I don't need to be a social entrepreneur simply by being an entrepreneur, building wealth, being an example of what's possible. I'm already doing good in the world. And then on top of that, a lot of Black women look at me and you, the businesses we choose to start, we're not out here starting you know, tobacco companies, right? Like we, we are usually starting businesses that already within the businesses core operational imperative is something helping the world for you helping people get into college and get scholarships for me helping people get into grad school and get scholarships and so um that's how I started the business I was 20 not I was right around your age a little older I was 25 it was just me and a laptop and I get an executive assistant, get a VA. Then I started bringing on consultants. People told me it wouldn't work to bring on consultants. They were like, no, you're the face of the business. People, in, they have to work with you. It won't work. It totally yeah. worked. It totally worked because, yeah. well, first of all, someone who is able to give them their full attention versus me, who's running the rest of the business. Um, also, some people want different temperaments. I think it's great for everybody in, to interact with me a little bit. Yeah, all clients, but my temperament, my energy, my approach energetically is not the right match for every single person. So if we have a diverse team, we can find someone who's the right match for them. Right. While I am um, getting people excited, helping people feel more confident about um, applying to grad school, helping people feel like it's possible, sharing my story, sharing the stories of clients. So I'm the face of the business. Um, I set the vision for the business. I manage the business as the CEO, but I'm not the one working with every single individual client. Things really changed for me in 2017, seven years into starting my business. At that point, my business was making probably, I think, 375K in revenue um, in 2016, I think so. 
And then 2017, it, it shot up to 575 or somewhere around there. Um, and then 2018 was a million dollar year. So the reason why I had such amazing growth is that I started working with a business coach and they taught me how to have an automated webinar funnel, which I'm sure your boss, mm. you know, Robin has something yeah. like that. So yeah. the automated webinar funnel I learned to set up was a Facebook ad that goes to a landing page, like register for my webinar. And look, it starts in 12 minutes. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. Um, it starts at the top of every hour. It's an automated webinar. They register for the webinar that adds them to my company's mailing list so that I can nurture a relationship with them, whether they watch the webinar or not. About half the people who register for the webinar show up live, watch the webinar. And the webinar is me sharing my method, sharing success stories, sharing my story, getting people excited, warming people up. And then at the very end, I invite people to book a free call with my team. Um, and then we get on the phone with them. Uh, it used to be just one kind of hour long or 90 minute call, but now we do a 15 minute call to kind of filter people. And then after that, we, it's free. And then we do a 90 minute call. Okay. And then you enroll those people into what's called a high ticket program. So um, an expensive somewhere between 5,000 on up. So when I, that was 2017, I'm already seven years into my business. Instead of offering all these different things, I just said, you know what, I'm going to make one coaching program. So um, we called it application accelerator. We still have it. Um, at that time, it was the only thing you could buy because I wanted to really try this method. It was a big risk and scary to like not offer yeah. anything else. But I was like, let me just try and make this work. And it worked really, really well. And I was at back then charged $10,000 for the program. And we've since expanded application accelerator to add a guarantee to make it much more comprehensive to make it a lot longer of a program. And so we've increased the what we call tuition for the program, but we've added a guarantee, but then we've also added hourly coaching. So that people who do want smaller packages have a smaller budget, because $5,000 is still a lot of money, right? So yeah. I didn't want it to be you either pay me, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand, or you get out. You know, so right. now we've got some flexibility, but most of our money and profitability is from the application accelerator, and that is where the best results come from. So we try and, if people are able to make that investment, that's where we really focus on. So the people that they speak to um, on my team, we call them breakthrough coaches, and they do the breakthrough call, ninety-minute call. Those are consultative salespeople. I paid tens and thousands of dollars to learn how to sell uh, expensive things, high ticket programs on the phone. I'm excellent at it now. And then mm -hmm. I have taught it to, at this point, probably 20 salespeople to just looking for my stars. And I've had, I would say at this point, you know, three or four people who have been really excellent, three people who have been really excellent at it. And yeah, so that's how I started it. That's how I grew it. After my million dollar year, it was very, very exciting. Um, but I also experienced a lot of like personal challenges. Like my mom died, my husband left me, like it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, so I scaled back my business so that I could like rest, focus on my health, find myself a life partner. And so 2019, I think was more like a $517,000 year. So half, right? I made a lot less money, me personally, but I like didn't even care, didn't even matter because I was just like healing, healing, yeah. feeling, um, 
I also spent four months living and running my business from Spain and Barcelona, had the time of my life. So I would never trade that for, you know, hustling to, to for that year. Then right. 2020, of course, was the pandemic year. And it was the revenue number was pretty similar, $581,000. But my personal income was fantastic. So mm. I ended up, you know, with that 100K salary payment. And then I think something around 140, 150 profit. And also, I think the business also made a $25,000 profit share contribution to my retirement account. Um, so even though the revenue number looked similar, mm-hmm. I made a lot more money. And even though the revenue 580 was 58% of my million dollar year, right. I made more money than I did my million dollar year. Wow. In 2020, I made more money for me than my million dollar year. And I worked less and I got a boyfriend. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> and a dog. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, life was really good in 2020, despite the terrible things that uh, were going on in the world. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. One thing I wanted to just check in with you is, do you have a retirement account? I have nothing for absolutely. So your your homework is to buy the book, two books, and read them, and do what they say to do. Um, Number one is the money book for the young, fabulous, and broke by Suze Orman. Number two is Ramit Sethi's "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." There may be more updated books on you know these topics, but those are the two I read. Okay, I've got that one. I haven't read it yet, though. Well, then it's time. Just start with that one. Don't even buy the other one yet. Just just read it really slowly and just do what it says to do. There is nothing more important that you as a young person can do for your financial freedom and your financial stability at this age is to start saving for retirement. Um, I am not a financial planner, but just things that you can do is open a Roth IRA account. Those are amazing because the money you're putting in there um, is what's called after tax money. You've already paid income taxes on it because it's already been taken out of your um, paycheck. You, Mm -hmm. any money you put into a Roth IRA account, you can take out. If there's an emergency, there's no penalty. You just can't Mm -hmm. take out the earnings. But let's say you put $3,000 in there over two years. And then at some point you run into an emergency and you, you should have an emergency fund by then, but, and, but you just need that money. You can just take it out, but all the while it will have been invested in the stock market growing. Mm. So, you know, don't go take any actions before you actually read slowly step-by-step the book, but absolutely, lutely, lutely. The time is your friend when you are 23 years old, because that money compounds and compounds and grows and grows. It is so much easier to save for retirement when you start early, even if you start with a tiny bit of money. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. I will definitely do that. That is on my list to do. I'll make sure to read that and I'll take the time uh, because I actually just finished a book. So it's perfect. I can start this. Absolutely. So I can answer two more questions. Then I got to go. I know you got to go. Um, so my question is actually going back to, um, when you said you started, you had one program was like the application accelerator. So not when I started, I started my business in 2010 and I ran it for seven years, having all kinds of 
products, or not products, but all kinds of offerings. Oh, you could do uh-huh. hourly, or you could do by school, or you could do by number of words of editing. Mm-hmm. It was seven years in when I learned how to have a funnel to move people through a process and warm people up from never having heard of me to wanting to work with me. I see. That was the year that I uh, gelled around w- and committed to one program. Mm-hmm. Now I have softened in that approach to have one program and basically two programs, application accelerator, our big, big tuition, big results, big guarantee, and then hourly coaching, which is just literally purchase hours with our team, very flexible, um, but you're going to need to be a little bit more self-driven with your process. Um, So those are the, but it was seven years in, but go ahead with your question. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Because right now, like I have a lot of tutoring students that, because I started off with just tutoring um, Mm because it was easier that way. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was one-on-one. Now I'm trying to move a little less in the one-on-one space, or if I am more high ticket, um, because it's kind of like to that point where like I get worn out. I have so many kids like that I tutor which is why I focus more on the uh, college admissions and SAT prep side. Okay. Um, I was doing that for free during the tutoring. Cause like I tutor in yeah, that. Yeah, which is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why don't I just do something for it? So I created a course. I called it camp college admissions made painless. Wonderful. Like, oh, do you like that? Okay, cool. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> I do. I like that. And it's a five-step process that walks Beautiful. you through the process. So it goes from find your... Uh, career interest and major. So I kind of work through with students about what they're interested in and have they connected it to an actual career? Have they spoken to anyone in that? Awesome. So tell me what happened with the course. So the course, um, I have it currently priced at 497. Um, Okay. Is there any one-on-one in it or is it all self-paced? What's in the course? It's all self-paced. Um, there's basically no one-on-one component of it. I started doing a one-on-one component of it and I have one person that I'm still like dealing with, with that. And it's just four, $497. And she was meeting with me every single week. And I realized that was, that's awful. not going to work, but, but the one on, she wasn't paying extra for it. No, I did four ninety seven, dollars sold the course and gave her access to me for once a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then <laughs> how did you draw the, ba- did you draw the boundary or are you still in that? I'm still in that. She graduates this December, but at, since I already made the, like she paid for it and that's what I said she was going to get. I basically finishing off with her. She's the only person I have like Understood. that. Understood. Well, you know, wanna... one way to kind of get more out of this experience is possibly mm-hmm. if you can get her to record a testimonial video with you and you interview her as a client success story, put it on YouTube. So I, I have a podcast called Scale Your Joy Um, yeah, so I would listen to episode two, uh, the Kanisha's coaching business cycle, and it walks you through all the steps of marketing and growing your business. It's like a framework. And one of them is capture, capture client successes. And so even though she's underpaid or you undercharged, there's other ways to amplify the work that you're doing with her. For example, I have a client who paid me like two, I don't even know. I feel like it was like $250 or something for like one call. And then he went off and used what I taught him to like get into Wharton university of Pennsylvania, Wharton for business school, and then Princeton for his policy degree. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And he only paid me like $250, but do you know, he has sent me not one, not two, but three clients since then. And they have collectively paid over $40,000. So Mm. think of yourself as planting seeds 
It's right. not always like you're not in a factory where, okay, doing this means this is going to happen. It's more that you're consistently and wholeheartedly marketing your business, providing excellent client service, learning how to be a better business owner, learning how to be a better marketer. And I don't mean that you're hustling hard and like stressing yourself out, but I just want you to know that those efforts aren't always going to show up as dollar signs immediately, but you're planting seeds. Sometimes I'll put up a video on YouTube and five years later, someone will be like, that's the video that made me want to work with you. And, um, but they just discovered the video. So that's the power of content and evergreen content as well on platforms like YouTube that are searchable. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know, did you ask a question though, related to the Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was to the course. Um, basically, is it okay if I share screen really fast? Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Um, so like this is the course basically I created. Beautiful. Um, so those are the five steps. So I don't have to like read awesome. them out. And it walks you through all of those sections. And I was trying to think of like in your personal opinion, like because I know the application accelerator though is one on one, but if you've well, ever no, it's any- so the application accelerator is a hybrid. It's group oh. coaching. Plus you have a dedicated consultant. So it's a hybrid, but, but go ahead, ask your question. Okay. Got you. Like in terms of like your opinion, you know, just what would be the best way to market this in a sense? Cause I would love for, to be able to sell this course as a standalone where it's like, you can buy the course self-paced, nothing extra. And then have like, a, I was thinking like a upcharge where, where you can have the course but get one-on-one, but more. Absolutely. I think that's a great model. So one is you can just buy the course and your slides are beautiful. Thank you. So yeah. So one is buy the course and one is buy the course plus get access to Asia. Yeah. And I was thinking like, uh, something maybe like a group coaching call, like once a month, uh, there's like, or which one, the 497. I was thinking for the high ticket. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, for yeah. the course, so, I was thinking, sell. You can get the course four ninety seven. It's all filmed. You can do it on your own with all the information that you need. Because a lot of times with parents, the issue yeah. is the right information. You might you might want to consider a little bit more often meeting um, for the high ticket people, like a group coaching call, maybe every other week, just a month. just so that you're um, having more touch points with them and keeping okay. them engaged but just make sure you charge enough. Right. So ha- have okay. you sold any of the 497? Um, I've sold the one to that one woman that okay. I have now, which I sold it that weird way. I understand. She has access to me. And then she actually, believe it or not, recommended me to someone else telling me she didn't tell her anything about the pricing. Just like, Oh, she's great. Absolutely. I with her. And I just had a call with them last week and I was selling them the one-on-one version of this, which I already have. I told them the price already, but I uh-huh. priced it at 3000. Beautiful. I think that's yeah. awesome. I think that's excellent. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, it's a great place to start is the 497 and the 3000. So just, okay. I think that's excellent. Okay. So then keep going. Okay. <laughs> just keep so, going. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. I heard you talk about the funnel thing. So I was like, maybe I should create. Well, yeah. So you may want to look into setting up an automated webinar funnel, which could okay. be a YouTube ad that goes to an automated webinar, which, uh, well, a YouTube ad that goes to a, a registered, let me just show you my funnel so you can understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. So uh, a funnel is just how do you get people from being strangers in the world to knowing who you are? 
you know, I'll mess up a few times or whatever, but whatever, just yeah. instead of watching it, we'll just be like, that's the ad. It's just me sitting here being like, you know, I'll just play a little policy law or almost any other professional graduate program within the next 12 months, despite having a less than perfect application. Can you even hear the audio? Need to know yep. the- oh, okay. Seven secrets our clients use to get into their dream schools and with money to pay for it. Click the button on this video. So that's just all, nothing fancy. There'll be some, right. maybe some stuff the editors will add, on, you know, maybe on the video itself. So they watch the ad. Then they end up at a registration page that looks like this. This is not the actual page they land on, but this is a mock-up. And it's like, you know, join the presentation. Now, usually there's going to be a clock here that's like starts in five minutes because it's because right. it plays at the top of every hour. Right. Then they click here and they put in their information. When they put their information in, that puts them on my mailing list. Right. Do you have a mailing list? Yes. It currently has 97 people on it. Awesome. And um, what, what software do you use? I use um, Active Campaign. Active Campaign. Awesome. I've heard great things about them. Um, so you put their, they'll put their information here, it puts them on my mailing list. And then I have something called a lead sequence, a nurturing sequence. So it's a series right. of emails I send them that's like, hey, I'm Kanisha. Nice to meet you. Let's get to know each other. But anyway, if they do actually show up to the webinar, mm -hmm. then they will watch the webinar. This is not the actual page, but this is a mock-up of the webinar. I'm wearing the same shirt. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and on the actual page that they see, this button does not pop up till they've watched the whole thing. That way people are not booking calls with me unless they are committed or booking calls with my team. So they'll right. click this and they'll be invited to book a call with my team. I see. So, um, you know, you use Calendly, which is great. This is scheduled once. After they uh, book the call with my team, it redirects them to fill out the applicant profile. Right. So it's a long form that just gathers information for us. And then they come and have a free 15 minute call with my team. Mm -hmm. If they still seem like a good fit, we pass them through to another call, a 90 minute call. And at the end of that call, we invite them to work with us. And we're like, which one are you doing? You know, I'm just going to use your programs. Are you doing the camp core or are you doing camp Asia access? And then they're like, ah, well, I need to think about it. And so then that's called an objection. So then we, we gently, lovingly, but authoritatively handle their objections. Like, okay, well, can you help me understand what you need to think about so that I can help you give you whatever information you might need as you think about it? And they're like, oh, right. well, I just, I feel like I can do it on my own. And then you deal with that objection or they're like, oh, well, I need to talk to my, well, you know, you'll have the parent on the call, but for us, I need to talk to my parent. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you imagine your parents are going to say? Let's role play it. So mm -hmm. your job on that call is not to force them to sign up, but nor is it to be their friend and to be like, well, maybe you don't need it. Like, no, clearly they need it because they sat through an, an hour long right. presentation in their busy life. Clearly mm -hmm. they need the help. So that's what an automated webinar funnel looks like. Then they, you know, they sign up or they don't. And then when they sign up, you put them in your program. Okay. And you help that, them get into their dream schools. That makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. No, I'm definitely going to do that. And perfect. I have it recorded so I can like go through the steps. Yeah. I like, think about absolutely. How and that. you know, there's the course I took. Mm -hmm. um, and if you go take that course, please let them know so I can get a referral fee. But yeah. the course I took was clients on demand. There are other people similar to that. I guess what I would say is I don't feel like you need help creating your course. 
you probably need help with setting up the funnel and learning how to sell. So when I name these people, just make sure that when you talk to their teams um, or go through their materials, that it's more focused on marketing the course and converting people than creating the course. Okay. You already know how to do that. Yeah. My biggest issue is marketing and prospecting, like getting clients. Yeah. Yeah. So I would call it, you need help with marketing and you need help with conversion. Maybe you'll convert people on the webinar itself, you know, and -hmm. get them to purchase from watching the webinar, or maybe you'll convert them on a call. So anyway, I took clients on demand, um, but you could also look into Danielle Leslie um, and her main course. I know of is called course from scratch. My concern is that one's about make the course. let's see if she's got other stuff that's like how to actually convert people into the course. And then you could look into Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. Yeah, I don't know. Is that just about making the, I don't know. So um, those are some other people you could look into as well for your course. Um, Or you could Mm -hmm. start out with just finding someone on Upwork to just set up the automated webinar funnel for you. Mm -hmm. You know, just somebody in, Eastern Europe, who who does automated webinar funnels all the time, but you yeah. you are going to need help with crafting that webinar. What do I say in the webinar? What you know? What should I cover? Am I right. coaching? No, you're not. You <laughs> you're talking about your philosophy. What makes you different? Right. Showing some client highlights. So, yeah, I would say don't be afraid to invest in working with a coach. Just make sure. I would be very hesitant to send you to a course that's like ten thousand dollars or yeah. more when your business is bringing in 10,000. I would rather you see I would rather see you bringing in more clients. So around marketing your business, what is the main way that you get clients? So, uh Facebook groups. So like what awesome. I used to do is like I just go in and like I make posts like or like a lot of the times it was tutoring, so it was super easy because it's like Absolutely beautiful. Like, I need help with one. I'm like I do that. I'm really good at math. Like I, well, I don't say that, but like I put my message and that's how I've been getting them. Um, and I've always just been wondering like, if there was just like a, is there a better way besides doing the Facebook groups? Well, I mean, I like the Facebook groups. Does it take up a lot of your time or do you find like you're flatlining? What about that? Isn't working? Uh, flatlining. Cause with the tutoring, it worked. I could find tutoring clients with the college admissions. Not so much. I've found one person and that one person has led me to this next call that I'm about to have. But mm-hmm. that's about how long it. have you been like open for business for the college admissions? I recently started doing that in January. So okay. uh, like, and what about uh YouTube? I actually am starting YouTube now. I just filmed my first video. I'm getting okay. my intro outro made and but I just filmed my first video actually, but it's not up yet. Okay, awesome. So, because I noticed you had such nice videos on your website that like fall from the top. I really like. Thank you. Do you do anything consistently outward facing besides the Facebook group? Meaning, I write one blog post a week or a month, or I have one this or what's your content that you put out in the world in a consistent way, if any? I've been completely inconsistent for like the past two years because I've always been like, I'm such a loner. I have like no friends. (laughs) So I never post on social media. Like I've always been just more of a watcher. So I've been completely inconsistent, but the social medias, things that I have posted to are Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn is all I've ever done. And have you ever tracked where, where clients are coming from, from those places? Uh, No, not at all. Um, Mostly because I like my Instagram, for example, like 
90% of it is like my family and friends. Understood. <laughs> so then I would just say, I would really concentrate on YouTube, make sure your titles are good for search. So it shouldn't be right. ask Asia video yeah. one. That should not be the title, right? Because what oh, nobody's searching for that, but right. you know, like what is the first to, step? For what calculator should I choose for the SAT? Like that's something that's absolutely so perfect. Okay. Absolutely. That's perfect. my first video. Um, and you know, just yeah, perfect title, perfect title. And there needs to be a call to action at the end of the video, not just here's some free information. There needs to be a call to action. Come to the purpose of prep.com, sign mm -hmm. up for our newsletter to get more of this information, or reach out for a free call to talk about how we can help you get into your dream schools. Yeah. So make sure there's a call to action at your videos, ask them to like, ask them to subscribe and ask them to come and have a conversation. Yeah. So definitely probably, I know for sure that's one thing I haven't done is being consistent. You have to be platforms. consistent. So listen to episode two, yep. uh, Kanisha's coaching business cycle. You have to be consistent. It does not have to be like a hustle. You can even do one YouTube video a month. Okay. One Whatever month. you can do consistently with my podcast, we were doing once a week in seasons and it was just too much. So we are scaling down to once a month and I'm like, great. As long as we can just do it consistently. Right. That's what yeah. matters. Okay. The, okay. Then I'll definitely do that. Cause I've been planning on like what I want to do consistently and stuff like that. So I'll make sure to keep that in mind. Like it's about consistency, you know, don't run myself ragged and then become inconsistent. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's integrate. What was the most impactful or What's your biggest takeaway from our conversation? Well, my biggest takeaway for sure is just leaving this call feeling like I can do it. And I know that's not like one of the tactical things, yeah. but that was really important for me, like knowing, like hearing your background and knowing like where you came from. Cause I also come from low income, single mom, mm -hmm. both her parents died when she was eight. So oh she's goodness. been on her own her entire life. And I'm one of five kids. <laughs> Wow. So it was rough growing up. I'm talking sleeping in storage units. Like it was rough for our family. Oh my goodness. So knowing that you also came from a background, you know, similar to that, like where it was a struggle that makes me know that like, Hey, just cause it's not like great right now. Like I'm not making a lot of money right now. doesn't mean that's it's not, it can't happen. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Asia. I say this wholeheartedly. Like the quality of, of the look of your website, your enthusiasm, the fact that you're good with numbers, not afraid of numbers, the fact that you are coachable, you have what it takes to have a million dollar business or multi-million dollar business. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I had no idea. You, you. you could have told me, yeah, my business brought in $70,000, $200,000. I would have totally been like, yeah. So um, oh, wow. you Thank are you. laying the foundation really well. I don't even just only meeting you, but very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that and is awesome. absolutely. And just, um, yeah, really happy to have connected with you. Same. Um, Thank you I so have, much. you're so welcome. You're so welcome, Asia. I'm, I'm really excited by what you're doing with your company. Thank yeah. you so much. And I just want, you to know, like, I, I appreciate your time because I know you're busy. I know you have a lot and like, you know, this is free time you're giving up. So I really do appreciate that and acknowledge that. That's you are I so have. welcome. I accept your appreciation. <laughs> this was really 
um, the highlight of my day, Asia. I had a lot of fun talking to you. That means so much to me. It's definitely the highlight of my day. I'm very excited. I can't wait to take action on the book you told me to read, retirement account, everything. I'm ready to take action on it. So thank you so much. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Asia. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Loved what you heard in this episode? Then you've got to join the Scale Your Joy review crew. It's my community of followers and friends who have left a review on Apple Podcasts. Every quarter, I host a two-hour Ask Me Anything coaching call for review crew members only. Come to scaleyourjoy.com to learn how to join the review crew and get more tools for charting your own path and scaling joy.